1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On the Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Now, I seem to hit you every week with a headline, and this one is no different. This one's from the Financial Post, and it says, The small condos see the big sales drop. What do you think? What's your take on this? This is true. I mean, what we've seen over the COVID period, Tina, is people that had these tiny condos downtown and and around, they were basically just an extra living space while people worked downtown or for kids that were going to university. And we've seen over COVID with people working from home and universities being off and online that these condos have not been necessary anymore for the, this type of user. We've also seen couples that had moved into a tiny condo as their first home decide that they would move to the suburbs for some more space, maybe an office, extra bedroom, so that they could both work from home or one of them work from home. And that has been a trend that has taken us from April until now. So I think you may have already answered this, but where is everybody going? Yeah, it's uh, they're going up north. They're going out east. We're seeing a lot of people. You know, we've we've had clients, Tina, that have moved as far as Nova Scotia, and the reason is they're mobile now. They're not tied down to an office job. They're working from home, and they figure, you know, I may as well be on the ocean or I, I may go up to Barrie and have a nice backyard. I may want to go up to Ennisville and have a beachfront property. They don't need to be in the city, in the core anymore. And that's where they're going to. They're, they're cashing out their condo per se and, you know, they're investing the same 700 or $800,000 and purchasing a, a huge property with a home that has space for them to do everything. Now, what about the condo market in York Region? You've talked a great deal about those condos near the new York University campus in Markham or along Highway 7 in Vaughan. What happens in those areas? See, the region is pretty unique. The region does not have a lot of affordable housing. So if people want to live in York Region, Markham, Vaughan, Richmond Hill, they're going to have to go with that condo. And the condos are a little bit larger in the region than they would be, say, downtown. Downtown, it's not uncommon for someone to have a 450 or 500-square-foot condo. In the region, you're looking at about 650 as a minimum or so, and that's where people are going. So it gives them a little more space when they're in the region. And at the same time, the pricing in the region wasn't as high as in the downtown core anyway. So there's less of a hit to take if the condo market did go down in York Region. Right now we're not seeing it in Markham or even around York University. What we have seen is rents haven't gone up like they had been over the last couple of years. So an $1,800 rental for a one plus one is still $1,800. Downtown, there's so much vacancy right now in terms of rentals. There's no foreign students coming in. There's no, you know, U of T, Ryerson are holding online classes. 
Uh, you don't have the transient workers that are coming in from the U.S. or anything uh, for their jobs in Toronto, at the you know, mainly in the financial district. So you've got a lot of vacancy in terms of rental units, and that's why they're taking a big hit in terms of rentals and also price point. So if people are leaving the downtown core, they're leaving Toronto proper, and they're hitting the suburbs, they're hitting 905, what is that doing to the house price in 905, right here in York Region? Great question. So when you first take a look at it, Tina, you're going to see the house price or the average price is a lot higher than what we would normally see in York Region. So normally we'd see about a 6 to 8% increase in prices per year. We're seeing about a 14% increase. Does that mean house prices have gone up 14%? Not necessarily because, as we talked about before on the show, we have to look at the mix. And if less condos are selling and more detached homes are selling, that's going to shift the mix to a more expensive price point. So when more expensive price points are selling, you're going to start to see an increase in average price point. So, you know, traditionally if we sold five condos and ten homes, during the course of a year or during the course of a month, and now we're selling two condos and 14 homes, all of a sudden the price point has gone up. And when you average it out, it is going to be a lot higher. So it's not necessary that the average price for a home itself is going up, but the average price when you look at the entire picture overall is going up, and that's because of a shift in the mix. So how would you characterize the market in York Region right now? Would you characterize it as a buyer's market or a seller's market? A complete seller's market. We only have about one month of inventory. We're listing as many homes as we're selling right now. And what that means is if we didn't get any more listings starting today, in one month we would have no homes to sell. Wow. And a normal market should be between four and six months of inventory. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of work to be done in terms of product and and supply to hit the market that's going to change that. So it's going to be a seller's market for the foreseeable future. And for those that are waiting on the fence for prices to drop or or stabilize at least, you're going to be waiting a long time and you're giving away a lot of buying power. So even if the house price is going up 6 to 8%, and you wait for a year, a year and a half for the market to change, you're going to be out that much money. And when you're looking at an eight or $900,000 house, if you're looking at 6 to 8%, that's a lot of money that you're throwing away. Now, what about in terms of that downtown core? Is now a good time for someone to invest in a small downtown condo? Because are we believing that it will eventually come back? A great strategy in real estate is to buy low and hold on to it. And right now, with the glut in inventory in, in terms of downtown condos, there's so many condos for for sale right now and for lease right now. You could actually pick up a condo that was selling in March for about six hundred and forty, six hundred and fifty thousand. You could realistically get that right now for about six hundred thousand dollars. And how many square feet would that be? That would be about 500, 550 square feet, and that's a really good price per square foot right now. Uh, typically, these these condos would sell about 640, 650, and uh, you know, you're, that's, that's in some places that's the cost of a parking spot. So you may actually be able to pick up a parking spot as well, and you're going to hold on to these because eventually that market is going to come back.
All right, and that sounds that way you're making some money. Absolutely. After the break, how low can they go? The latest on mortgage rates when we come back. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. More with Asif Khan and Remax Prime Properties when we come back. At KS Floors, the only result we will accept is a satisfied customer. Our team specializes in interior finishing and designs. Our meticulous process ends only when you are completely satisfied. KS Floors has the suppliers that can be counted on for quality and the installers you can trust. Even in the current environment, we can safely provide a quote and installation, so you have the confidence to move forward with your home improvement projects. For information or to schedule an appointment, go to ks-floors.ca or call us at 416-566-7523. Beautiful flooring, expertly installed. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties with today's guest. Thank you, Tina. Joining us today is one of our regulars from the financial industry. Asif Kasim joins us from the Integrity Tree. Asif, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Asif, we're seeing so much movement in terms of rates and and what are you seeing, and, and what can you tell our listeners about what's happening with rates right now? Rates are unbelievably low. Um, they are places I've never seen before in my 15-plus years in this industry. You could buy a property, put 5% down, and get as low as 1.69 with certain lenders. Unbelievable. I've never seen that before. It looks like it's going to be here for a bit, to be honest with you, that things don't seem to be changing. Um, a lot of things are tied to the bond market, um, and with the way the yields are, seems like the fixed rates are going to maintain a very low rate for a quite, period, uh, quite a long period of time. Even the variable rates, I'm seeing things as low as 1.7 on a variable rate, it could, and you could even go lower than that. So it's it's become the race to the bottom at this point. You know, Asif, that's unheard of. I I mean, I've been selling real estate for a long time, and when you think about borrowing money at 1.7%, it's almost like free money. So even if you had the cash, why would you invest your cash when you can borrow for 1.7%? Oh, exactly, exactly. What we're doing now is uh, there's been significant... Uh, increase in clients uh, refinancing their properties, taking out the equity, and putting it into investments with higher returns. Uh, Real estate as a whole, uh, the the amount of clients are trying to buy investment properties has spiked significantly. So the money is free, like you said, right? And there's been rumor that Canada eventually could head into a negative interest rate market. So that doesn't mean your mortgage rate will be a negative interest rate, but overall that just means fixed rates are going to drop further. Wow, I you know, and again, I'm I'm probably showing my age here, but I remember double-digit interest rates for mortgages. So this is shocking to me. How then, as a consumer, do we find that best rate? Well, I think there's more to it than just the interest rate. Finding the best rate isn't difficult because all of the lenders are are vying for that business, so they will compete. 
um, it's a matter of knowing where you stand in the market because there are differences between high ratio, conventional, and whether it's insurable or not, uh, or if it's a rental property. You could put down 20% on a rental property, your rate's still going to be higher than if you were buying as the principal just because there's a risk built into uh, rental properties. If you're putting less than 5% or less than 20% down, then you're in a position where you can get a high ratio mortgage. Your rate's going to be lower than if you were buying, uh, getting a conventional mortgage. So what's more important, though, is understanding the, the limitations of the product. Can you refinance that product within the five-year term that you get it in, or is it a sale clause only? There are certain lenders that will say, here's the best rate on the market, but you can't refinance at any point in time. You can only sell the property to get out the mortgage. So knowing what those limitations are, very important. Understanding, can you prepay your mortgage by any amount? What does that look like? And also knowing where you stand in your life. Are you in a stage where in the next two years you might need to upgrade or make a change for whatever particular reason, if you can't break your mortgage, these are things that you have to consider. So rate is highly important, but in my opinion, not the most important thing. It's almost like if you need a line of credit or in the future or if you're planning, you know, to have kids or your kids are going to be going to university, it might be a good time for people to look at a, a home equity line of credit right now with the, the rates the way they are. If you're thinking of renovating your home or putting a pool in or, you know, with every, everything going on, people are looking at creating spaces in their home for either recreation spaces, homeschooling, office space. This would be a great time to do that. So what has happened is I've seen an uptick in the amount of clients trying to create better spaces for work-from-home situations and create new offices or situations where they can have uh, a better homeschooling situation. So there's been a lot of not large refinances, but I would say, you know, that thirty to $50,000, I need some extra. So they go and get a line of credit on their property to have that. And there's been an uptick in that as well. Now, what we, what we have found is that it's become complicated because when you go to the bank to get a mortgage, often they register a significantly larger lien against the property. They register a lar- larger lien to prevent other lenders from going behind them in second position. So what I mean by that is this. You may have a $400,000 mortgage, but the bank has registered a $600,000 mortgage, and that eats away at all the possible opportunity of going somewhere else to get a line of credit or refinancing, whatever it may be. You're limited to staying to that one bank. And it's a technique they've been using since, I would say, 2008, 2009. And it's, it's a way of banks trying to prevent others from stealing their mortgage. So I would say if you're going to do this sort of thing, be Plan it out with a mortgage professional. Ensure that you've talked about what are your needs and what are your long-term needs. How is it going to play out? Because once you start registering large liens against your property, it limits you in the long run from what you can and can't do. Great information there. So what options do consumers have? Is it always just the bank that we can go to for the mortgage? What advice do you offer your clients? My number one go-to is a non-bank, and here's why. 
As many times as a client says, I have a plan, and they tell me they have a five-year plan and things are going to play out exactly the way they think it is, <laughs> nine times out of ten, after year three, things have changed. Their circumstances have changed, their life has changed, and they need to refinance or they need to move or whatever it may be. And when you're with a bank, the penalty on the mortgage is significantly higher than a non-bank because of how they calculate their penalties. So banks have posted rates and they have discounted rates, whereas non-banks just have the rate, which is, for example, let's use today's terms. Um, TD Bank might have 399 or 4.5% for argument's sake as a posted rate, but they're going to give you 1.9. And with regards to the non-banks, they're just going to give you 1.9. So when they're calculating their penalties, the bank calculates based off of the posted rate, so your penalty is significantly higher. You could be comparing a $2,000 penalty to a $15,000 penalty. And my preference is to put a client into a product where they have flexibility, and even if the rate is two or three points higher, five points higher, the flexibility you have makes much more sense. You know, after that's so true, and just to tell you a personal example, my parents were renewing their mortgage a couple of weeks ago, and they were sent an email. Now, my parents came out of, you know, the periods when mortgages were 18, 19, 20%. So they were told by one of the big five banks that they would get a five-year mortgage for 2.35%, which they thought was amazing. And they called me and I said, no, that's ridiculous. Call them back and tell them that that's too high. So they called the bank and said, my son's a real estate agent. He says this is ridiculous, and he's going to put me in touch with his mortgage breaker. Right away, within 15 minutes, the bank person emailed him back and said, okay, for you guys, we will do 1.87. And there was no negotiating. It was just basically an email. So it really does show you that if you have other alternatives, you know, you would be able to get that rate down. And then there's something that mortgage brokers do that the big five bank representatives can't, which is, and it doesn't happen a lot, but you guys are able to buy down these rates for good clients that deal with you all the time. Oh, yeah. For a lot of repeat clients, I tend to go a little bit above and beyond because we've been doing mortgages for many years, and I will buy down the rate as much as I can so that I can get a good deal for that client. For our listeners, listeners, tell us what buying down the rate means. Essentially what buying down the rates is I will lower my commissions, my my compensation, so that I can get a lower interest rate. Essentially, if I want to buy a deal down from 1.9 to 1.85, that may cost me a significant chunk of my own commission. But in the long run, for a repeat client, it's worth it. Now, Asif, you're also a a financial advisor. You know, just because you can borrow more money doesn't necessarily mean that you should, right? No, I I believe if you're in a good financial position then and you have a good rate, then there's not a need to do anything. What I do encourage uh, from a financial standpoint is to make sure all of your loose ends are tied up. Make sure you don't have a lot of unsecured debt hanging around. Make sure you've taken a look at your insurance policies and your investments and, and everything has looked at holistically as opposed to just the mortgage, which typically tends to be a five-year 
project. Right? You look at it every five years, give or take. But do you look at do you have enough, enough coverage to take care of family and loved ones if, God forbid, something were to happen? Are you in a situation where your debts can be paid off? Are you in a position where you are saving for the future for retirement? So mortgages are definitely an aspect of your holistic financial plan, but looking at everything can be just actually significantly more important because sometimes you get paralyzed by just one thing and you're not looking at the big picture, and then you only realize that later on that you should have started saving or investing or putting aside money for things that are important as well later on. And I one last question before we let you go. With the way the condo market is downtown, and Tina and I were just talking about the smaller condos that there's some great deals on right now. If people that have a lot of equity in their home are looking to pick one up as an investment property, this would be a great time to do that. Well, now would be a fantastic time. If you have the equity that you can play with, let's look at it from the standpoint of if you have a sound income, you're not worried about job loss, and everything's great with your ratios and, and your, your, your credit and everything that's good, it may not be a half bad idea to consider refinancing, taking the equity, and utilize it for investment purposes, which will pay dividends in the long run, right? That's one way of looking at it. Another area to consider is there is a wealth of or the significant amount of wealth with our baby boomers who have properties that are paid off, they're free and clear, but they have access to things like a reverse mortgage where they can pick up an investment property and have that as a future asset as well. They're, they're in a situation where they have many years left ahead of them. They are um, in a situation where their equity is significant and there's opportunity for them to leverage that as opposed to it sitting there and doing nothing. So those are things that we we consider as well. How do you use the equity in your home? What exactly does that mean? So what that means is you would actually take money out of the home. Let's use an example of if your home, very, let's use a basic concept here. If your home is worth 500000 and it's free and clear, there's no mortgage on it, you could probably borrow up to 65 to 85, or sorry, 65 to 80% of it and then utilize that to make a purchase on another investment. So what would happen is you'd go and refinance, and then the bank will say, here is you know, 300000 400000 for you. You could take that three hundred or 400000 and purchase another property. So it's a phenomenal way of leveraging your equity to purchase something that has a higher rate of return. Asif, what is your, on average, appreciation on a downtown condo on an annual basis? On an annual basis, you're looking at 5 to 8% for condos. Okay. So let's use the low end of 5%. If you're refinancing at, let's say, a worst case of 2.5%, which we know it's lower than that, you're still making 2.5% every year. So you're ahead of the game by far. And we all know the Toronto market tends to spike. They're, you know, 5 to 8 at one point, and then one year it goes significantly higher. Mm-hmm. So... We, we are in a position where I'm seeing a lot of seniors asking for how do they access their equity so that they can make investments. And a lot of the times it's not for them. It's for their kids, for their grandchildren. They're purchasing properties, and then in their will, they're going to will it over to their kids at some point in time. 
Great information. As always, Asif, if people want to contact you and get some more information about what we just discussed, how can they do that? They can go to www.integritycreate.ca or they can give me a call at 416-561-1258. That's great. Thanks for being here. When we come back, this week's hot listing and your questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions, and the first one comes from Jessica in Richmond Hill. She says, I'm planning to buy my first home, a condo. Oh, boy, we've talked a lot about this. Is it a risk in the middle of a pandemic to purchase a property that has a closing date years down the road? Asif, what do you think? Jessica, great question, and uh Pre-construction condo is a little bit different than what we're seeing right now in the market, but the truth is the supply shortage that we have, the inventory crunch that we're in, is not going to be solved in the next year or two or three. This is going to be something that continues throughout the GTA for the next five to ten years, and your investment in a condo, in a pre-construction condo, even if it's closing in two or three years, you're going to make a lot of money on that condo. Just by the time the condo has been built, you'll, you'll have a lot of equity in it. And for example, you know, I sold some condos about four years ago. They're about a year old now uh, since they've been built. And I just sold one for my client and they were able to, uh, you know, take out after everything that they had put in about $300,000. So they've, they've taken out about $300,000 in four years. You're, depending on where you are and what you're paying for this condo, you're going to be in a similar situation. So it's never a bad investment to go with, you know, property because the real estate is a long game. And over the course of three or four years, you're going to make a lot of money on that. So congratulations on, on the purchase and you're, you're going to be staying very good. I've got a couple of follow-up questions for Jessica. Um, should she anticipate that the closing date would be moved even further down the road? Right now, we're not seeing that. Uh, there were a few oh. delays mm-hmm. because anything that had not started construction was put off. So as long as the project was under construction, they were allowed to continue through the COVID period. Anything that had not started, uh, you know, if they hadn't started digging, they were put on hold for three, four months, uh, however long the COVID pause lasted. But now, if you look around, construction is going full out. And we don't anticipate, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen over the next few months and <laughs> if there's going to be another stoppage or, you know, and how long it's going to last. But we don't anticipate it, you know, condos that are scheduled for three years down to be delayed uh, a, a long time at all. Now, Asif, you know when you purchase uh, a pre-construction condo that often you are providing deposits throughout the process. Is that still a safe bet in this climate? It is. Again, you know, we've, we've talked about this before on the show about the builders and their reputation and going through a realtor and making sure that the project is something that we would recommend because 
There are so many developers, so many builders out there that don't have a track record. They haven't done this before. They offer very attractive price points, but maybe two or three years down the road, you find out that this project is not going to be built. And all they're liable is to give you your money back. Now, what's happened is you do get your money back. It's protected. But say you put down $60,000 or $80,000. Now you're going into this in three years with sixty dollars or $80,000, but now you're going to need one hundred and twenty or $150,000 to buy that same type of condo. Mm-hmm. So your opportunity cost is huge on that. So it's really, really important to make sure that you go into the right projects with reputable builders to safeguard your interest. Our next question comes from Casey in Markham. He has been online searching for a new family home and has narrowed the search to a couple of homes, but he wants to visit in person. Is an open house too risky and out of the question right now? Asif? Right now, all of our governing bodies are recommending that we do not do open houses. And there's a number of reasons why. I mean, obviously, safety for the sellers is the most important because there's a lot of people that are coming into this property. We don't, you know, although we do have to take, uh, you know, measures up sort of safety protocols into account and ask people questions, they may not be telling us the truth. So, you know, as much as a realtor is trying to do their best to weed out anyone that could be exposed to COVID-19 or have traveled, we don't know where else that person has been in the last two weeks. And that is a huge concern. And the other thing is for the visitors themselves. There's so many people going in and out of these homes. You don't know if the seller that is home has had something. You know, we had a a case a few weeks ago that made the news where a realtor allowed people to come into an open house while the, the person living in the home was sick. And that puts everyone at risk. So right now, if there's means to see a property without having to visit in person, I would do that. If you're serious, schedule an appointment, go in on your own. You know, we have PPE in place, hand sanitizers, gloves, masks, that you can go in comfortably and safe and be able to spend a little extra time rather than at an open house and be able to ask all the questions that you want to satisfy yourselves with and also see everything in the home, electrical panels, plumbing, everything like that, so that you're satisfied that when you do go in with an offer, this is the right place. Safety first. We have just enough time for the the on-the-market hot listing. Asif, what do you have for us this week? Well, we've been talking about land and the importance of, uh, you know, people wanting larger properties And, you know, we have something that's on a 50 by 200 foot lot in Richmond Hill and it backs onto a ravine. Wow. We have people unable to travel right now. This is what they want. They want their own private oasis in their backyard. And this offers them that. Plus, the home is 3,200 square feet. Four bedrooms, four bathrooms, the Young and Elgin Mills. And uh, the basement is partially finished, so you can always go in and and put in a home office or a homeschooling area, rec area, whatever you want to do. It's it's an open slate for you. So there's so many things that are attractive about this property, size, location, 
access to highways, public transportation. You've got all the amenities right around you. And for 3,200 square feet in Richmond Hill on a lot this size, it's under $2 million, $1.75 million. Where can our listeners get more information, Asif? They can call Helen Liu at 905-554-5522. And if our listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do that? Tina, they can always get me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. That's great, Asif. Great show this week. That was awesome, yeah. Great information. If you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.